Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Netflix Martyrs. I'm Chris Mattiello, joined as always by Dwanit Mehta. Howdy. Rob Arecci. Hello. And Pam Roby. Hey. This week we watched a movie starring Demi Moore and Miley Cyrus called LOL. <laughs> each False week, advertising. Each week we start with something we like to call Five Across the Eyes, where we attempt to explain, review, or complain about a movie we watched in five words or less. Would anyone like to start? Um, okay, well, I don't actually have a very funny one, because um, this movie isn't very funny, and doesn't really have a lot of plot to go off of, um, so I'm just going to make mine kind of how I felt throughout most of the movie, which was vomit all over everywhere. That's mine. I'm, I'm going to go with what I was thinking throughout this entire movie, which is just watch the French version. We haven't seen the French version. You can't recommend a movie you haven't seen. I, I think I could safely say it's a... guaranteed to be a better movie than this. You're such a French elitist. You Francophile. Wee oui, wee. Oui. I'm going to go with pretty people with problems. That's a good one. And, um, hmm, there's, there's so many words that come to mind. <laughs> I'm going to say the one that seemed a little weird as we were talking about earlier is, uh, the movie being made for who knows what is teenagers don't act like that because I was one and I know some and I think we would all say that this movie sucked. Yes, but yeah, we can all agree that teenagers are shitheads, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's only three words. That's, that's three across the eyes. These well, teenagers are all shitheads. Hey, there we go. The movie opens in a, in a high school that's apparently uh, – only models can go to this high school. It's full of impossibly attractive people. And Miley Cyrus is our main character, who is, as I said, surrounded by attractive, good-looking people, one of which is Ashley Green, who played the short-haired vampire in Twilight. Well, she's not that attractive in this movie. No. no. Yeah. It's the hair. <laughs> I think, I, I we think, all agree I think it's also the ton of makeup on her face, which yeah. makes her... She looked sunburned in the first part of the movie. Like, like spray on tan look so maybe that's why we don't like her maybe we only like ashley green if she's pale and undead looking and a little sparkly <laughs> if, perhaps if there was a twist that was like that drew barrymore movie where she spies in a high school what movie was that <laughs> never been kissed. Oh, um, ne- yeah never if there was a never been kissed twist where ashley green was like i'm actually 35 i would I totally it. believe it she looks horrible yeah she really did and that's sad because she is very pretty Yep. But she can't be pretty in this movie because she's the anti-Miley. Which is yeah. set up very the only early. reason she isn't. I mean, all these kids mostly spend their time at school outside of school. You know... They're all just sitting outside, like, letting their lives unfold, as opposed to, like, going into class. There is one thing I think we should all be thankful for. And that is that Miley Cyrus didn't have a song attached to either the beginning or the end of this movie. Like, Which I feel like blew my she, mind considering yeah, how big yeah. part music plays in this yeah. movie. Exactly. I was genuinely surprised by that. I was I too. Was missed opportunity. She didn't. So. Well, thank God they missed it. <laughs> let's let's briefly talk about this gorgeous group of human beings. Uh, we have Miley Cyrus. Wait, we'll we're including her. we're including Miley Cyrus and gorgeous human beings Miley right now. Miley Cyrus and her snaggletooth. 
<laughs> All right, good. Like it. Keep going. Well, her boyfriend, Chad, uh, the first thing we see about them is them breaking up in a very melodramatic, uninteresting way. He's just, just like, hey, I cheated on you. And she's like, well, yeah, me too. Nuh-uh. And then they walk away. That's, yeah. the, that's the first five minutes of this movie, folks. Yep. Well, also... Really the tone for the rest of the movie. I just, you know, for all the, the ladies out there listening, don't ever date a, a guy named Chad. Because I feel like Chad's just never do well in movies. They're never good characters. So that yeah. must have some basis in real life. Chad's just show. all seem like assholes. Yeah, thanks, Kirsten Dunst and Elizabeth Town. Yep. <laughs> Gotta say as this movie As this movie showed... Hey! Big problem with... really mean, Chris. <laughs> meanest thing you've ever Chad's said to me. Ah. Sorry, sorry, God. It's all right. The big problem with dating chats is that after you break up with them, they keep hanging on to you. And yeah, there was a timely oh, 2000 God. election reference. <laughs> Post-it notes. Who knows about these? <laughs> yeah, before we started, D insisted that no high schoolers would know what a post-it note was. To which we very quickly shot that down. But a two thousand something election about hanging chads. That's that's the joke that all the teens are gonna get these days. Just Most keeping of the it actors in this movie were not born <laughs> at that point. Yeah, this podcast is clearly intended for teenagers, a teenage audience to just be right with exactly what we're talking about. D doesn't even know what this hanging is. Hanging chads and post it. Hanging chads and post it notes. I got to move across the eye. Someone, someone just stuck a talking box in front of my face. Yeah, D thinks he's on a conference call. <laughs> do, do we have a bridge Hello? set up? Hello, am I talking with the future? <laughs> do you have flying cars yet? Was... <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, we have to get back on topic. This is terrible. Oh, <laughs> All right, so there's Chad, and then there's uh, there's Emily, who's played by Blake Lively's stunt double, I think, because I went through half the movie sure that that was Blake Lively. I also might be from 2000 and don't know what Blake Lively looks like. You've obviously never seen Savages, Chris. I have not seen Savages or so then, yes, Green your or Blake Lively would be perfect for this movie. Yeah, this no podcast just proved that we're all old people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's yeah, Chris. I can't believe you missed out on Gossip Girl. It seemed right up your alley. I know. I missed out. Considering I love Gilmore Girls, <laughs> I missed out on so- Gossip Girl. He's too busy yeah. watching reruns of Gilmore Girls. Speaking of <laughs> Gilmore Girls, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, this movie is kind of home. a shitty Gilmore Girls. <laughs> we'll get to that. We, let's let's stay with the kids for now because there's a whole yeah. bunch of shitty adults we have to get to after this. Oh man, so many yeah. shitty adults. So there's yeah. the friend Emily. Uh, she's the blonde. She's. Uh, I mean, what teacher. is her character? She's hot the, for teacher. And yes. um, she's, yeah, she's the pure one. She was brought up to be. You know, uh, when we get into the shitty parents, she's like the virginal pure one that also just wants to really give it up big time. See, I don't think she was ever really portrayed as pure. She was no. just like the the one that apparently did the best out of all of them. Because she was like the rebellious one. Like she had to like show that she was not just the goody goody like she yeah. I, I don't know, more than anyone else, I think. Miley Cyrus had the cool mom and the cool family and this girl Emily just has like the uh the rebellious nature doing whatever she's not supposed to do all the time. Well, she tries to have sex with the uh, the gorgeous model teacher, and when that doesn't work, she goes for like the the, the surgically removed twin of Michael Sarah. 
that <laughs> exists in this movie. There, does anyone catch that character's name? When. When. So there's another one. Uh, when is this geeky, uh, frail, afroed, spectacled? Michael Sarah. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I don't understand how he got into the school. He must have been like yeah. a, he's the only non-model in this entire school. He, he seems like he should have been going to like an arts academy, but the arts academy didn't want him, so he just ended up at this school instead. Maybe it was an affirmative action thing. They need X amount of ugly people. Yeah, maybe. Might have been. He occupies the role of like permanent friend zone. Yeah. Well, he doesn't. He's the first one he does not He score. He does. Yeah. You know, that's coming later. In the when we see him, he's the obvious nerd that everyone just like put up with. He's the screech. He's their screech. That's perfect. Yeah. That's yeah. He is their screech. Like, if anyone's ever seen Saved by the Bell and you can imagine Wait, the wait hold on, hold on. Relevance. <laughs> We're going no. way, way back okay. to Everyone knows who Zach Morris is. Everybody everyone knows AC Slater. No. All right. Yeah, everyone knows. Okay, Mario Lopez is huge right now. Way more relevant like every than... I just watched it this morning. It's on every day. You can and, always watch Saved by the Bell. And what TV show isn't Mario Lopez hosting these days? This guy is the screech. And you know, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Oh, Stay tuned for D's upcoming political podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Dee, what's your five across the eyes on Manifest Destiny? <laughs> Can you give me a five across the eyes about the NSA scandal, D? They're probably listening in. I mean, give them five. (laughs) (laughs) And we also have Janice, who is the token female minority friend. And she has nothing to do in this movie. She's She's I don't even know why she's in I was going to say, who the hell is Janice? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She's got about five lines. I think. Like, a grand total. That's Which is generous. weird, considering that she's got like she's sort of the token other best friend character in this. Yeah, yeah, Janice can go to the school, but she can't have a meaningful friendship with anyone. That's what they told her when she when she enrolled. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was the conditions of getting in the school. You can be here, but don't try to bond because we'll throw you right the hell out. You will always be second friends. <laughs> and of course, the female uh, token minority is dating. The male token minority, uh, the African-American character who, all right, this is pretty fucked up, but he's not even listed in the Wikipedia. So I have no idea what his name was or the actor who played him. Um, Wasn't he? Oh, no, you're right. But that should summarize how much they how much credit they give to minorities if they're not the. No, wait, he's Lloyd. Isn't he Lloyd? Is he Lloyd? I think he's Lloyd. I'd like to think he voluntarily took his name off the credits. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be associated with this movie. He's the only one smart enough to try and remove this from his resume. Lloyd played by Alan Smithy. Lloyd played (laughs) by Tans Watson, which doesn't have a Wikipedia entry. Which which is the only character on this who doesn't have a Wikipedia entry. Oh, actually, I take that back. The guy who played Chad also doesn't. They he entered into this movie, looked looked around, and went, "Is this what acting is going to be like forever?" Because I don't know how many more of these movies I can make. And then he promptly quit being an actor. Just he right quit after. immediately. And uh, so that's that's the whole cast of of young attractive people, except for I was going to say, yeah, Kyle, Kyle is the actual love interest. He is the one friend Wait, of this group that matters. Don't give any don't think give anything away yet, Chris. We haven't even gotten to the plot yet. Yeah, every girl knows that. Every girl knows that you're always safe with your best guy friend. He will never fall in love with you and you will never fall in love yeah. with him. 
Especially immediately after you break up with your boyfriend for cheating on you. Especially if he's a heterosexual musician. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Back so to we the meet back this to cast the- of assholes, and then Lola goes home from her day of school, and we meet another cast of assholes, uh, led by Demi Moore, who plays Lola's mom. The most awkward, like, hello, I'm home scene ever, which is Demi Moore and her youngest daughter, who's, I don't even know if they ever said the younger sister's name in the movie. Maybe they did, but it was very passing and no one really cared. Yeah, sure. um, yeah there's there's two, uh, I've almost called her Lindsay Lohan, wow, sorry. Um, Miley Cyrus has two siblings in this movie who you kind of just see in the background a lot, but the one plays a prominent uh, part of this scene because she is in the bathtub with her mother. And this girl's like, I don't know. I'd probably say like 10. Yeah. 10, 11. Probably an easy like 8 or 10 at least. Yeah. Yeah. Outside the scope of bathtub sharing with mom. Yeah. It it really just proves that Demi Moore's character does not understand the concept of boundaries. No boundaries. Worst scenario, this girl is 8. Or, I mean, yeah. best case scenario, this girl is... Uh, no, Earth she definitely looked 10. I would say, like, yeah. 10 or above. So she's bathing with her mom, and then Miley Cyrus walks in and goes, oh, like, don't ask me about my day, and strips all her clothing off, walks right past the two of them to take a shower right next to them. I mean, all right, cool, be comfortable with your bodies, but this is just weird now. This is and just- we, get, we get the vomit-inducing line from Demi Moore, hey, is that a Brazilian? Oh, oh, so oh. God about that. Oh. oh. It was like it was like a punch to the throat, Chris. Like I there almost had enough vodka in my cup to get rid of that. I forgot about how bad that. Yeah, and then uh, Miley Cyrus's response is, "It's my body," and then she storms out of the bathroom without actually taking a shower and leaves all her clothing on the floor. And I did she storm out naked? I don't know if I remember her putting on. I think so because then I think her mom's she put like, a towel on. Pick this up. I think she had a towel on. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think oh, I think she was still. being yelled at to pick her clothes up. She was. That's right. Right. As she I mean, so nothing anyone would ever do. I mean, this whole this whole part almost made me just stop the movie. And I'm like, well, I watched this scene. I figure I can just comment on the whole <laughs> film because it's not going to change much from here. Like, as soon as you see from the thigh down, Miley Cyrus step into the shower with her mom Next and sister, her mother, yeah. up, you're like, yeah, this is what the movie's going to be. Like, this is this will be it. I mean, in this scene, I see what they're trying to do, and like I think this movie tries to do a lot, and it doesn't necessarily get away with it, but it's just so early on trying to show like the dynamic between the Demi Moore mom is that she's you know she's kind of like with it, she knows what's going on with her kids. Like, she still sees them naked, even though they're, like, way too but, old to But be- she doesn't know what's going on with her kids. She just is naked around them. Because then, it's, then it is, like, the next scene... Well, actually, okay. So the next scene is, like, you know... I get what you're saying. They are trying to promote this, like, oh, we're super close, and I love you, Mom, and you're my best friend. You can see yeah. my vagina anytime <laughs> you want to. <laughs> but later no, but- on that they're supposed to be like best buds no because they don't because the next scene is them like well not okay again the next scene is them in bed together like not in a creepy Cuddling. way um miley cyrus is like you know curled up and her mom comes in and she's like curls her arm around her and they like sleep next to each other like oh you know like girlfriends 
Um, but then yeah, the I have the picture right here, actually. Yeah, but then the scene after that is them in the car, and Miley Cyrus has her headphones in, and Demi Moore is like, "Oh, you get me to drive you to school, and you won't even talk to me. You're shutting it out. You never let me in your personal bubble. You yeah, never let." What do they do Which though? Did- what does Miley do? Do you remember that scene? She yeah, puts it in her. Yeah, puts it in her yeah, room and they start rocking out. And, and like, yeah, they, even though they, no they, child of that age is okay. listening to Rolling Stones, I guarantee. Right, yeah, I know. I get my my argument to this. I guess is that just because you do that, because her mother says like you never tell me anything, and it's later shown in the movie that you know all of these things. Her breaking up with her boyfriend of like two years or like a year or whatever. She doesn't even tell her mom that. Her mom finds out because she gets in trouble at school. Like there's a lot of things her mom does not know about her because she can't tell her anything because she's a teenage girl and teenage girls never tell things to their mom unless you're Rory Gilmore. Shout out to Chris. Sorry. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, I get what you're saying, and they. But that was that was what was jarring to me is that they do in the beginning of the film try to make it look like they're oh we have our we have our little rituals together and you're the one you know because dad left or you guys yeah. got divorced now you can curl up in bed next to me and we're best friends but then it turns out they don't actually really talk about anything because all the things that are happening in Miley Cyrus's life are things that to me more has no idea about so what do they talk about when they're laying in bed next to each other if not you know day-to-day activities pretty much one direction i think (laughs) yeah i mean one direction the the film does a good job of making demi moore's character seem as though she's about as ready for real life shit as miley cyrus yes that's true yeah Demi Moore's supposedly playing the mother who's supposed to guide her through i mean i know we're getting a little ahead but at a certain point once we meet all the shitty parents, we meet the shitty grandparents, and of course, the shitty grandparent we meet is Miley. And I don't think she's shitty. I that, thought she was awesome. Yeah. She's probably the most enjoyable part of this whole movie. She looked like she a was awesome, but she, she was, was awesome. Shitty grandma who was like, you know, let them do whatever because she let them, you know, give her a drink. But uh, Timmy Moore's character is still is acting teenager-ish in all the scenes with her mom. So I, I, I think the film is trying to just be like, all these people don't know what's going on. They definitely, try to, they definitely try to draw parallels that Miley Cyrus is 16, 17, whatever, and not good at love. But also Demi Moore at 40X is not good at love either because we well, see that she is still sleeping with her ex-husband, played by the Punisher, Thomas Jane. Yes. Oh God. Mm-hmm. I can't re- I I was very shocked to realize that was Thomas Jane. I was like, that can't be. Oh no, it is. It's the after Demi Moore, it's like the first recognizable person besides Miley, of course. And then there's several more coming up, so don't don't you fret. There's still more celebrity appearances to well, happen. We can, we can go right into that. We meet some other parents. None of the parents of the shitty people we met. This is like Demi's, Demi Moore's group of parent friends. Mm-hmm. And Gina Gershon is mm-hmm. one of them in her, I guess, kind of a cameo. And her husband is Fisher Stevens. My least favorite character and actor. <laughs> Fisher <laughs> Stevens, anything. you may know as that guy from Lost. Uh, he was... We all the know plague. him from something different, Pam. The Plague from Hackers. And D, where'd you know him from? An Indian guy, well, an Indian black uh, brown face type thing in Short Circuit. That he was the Indian him? character in Short. Yes, oh, really. That was the guy in Short Circuit. 
It was that guy. I only know him from one episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. So they no. plays the critic that says they, that they had him in brownface. That is offensive. Wow. Yeah. I. It might be more offensive that I didn't know that that was a white guy in brownface. Of course, I haven't seen that movie since I was like seven. So how long have you known me? Are you a white That's guy in brownface? You're a white guy in brownface. Wait a minute. Dude, you pull it off way better than Fisher Stevens. I, I think you it's know. I think it's a little sad that you've known me for that long and you couldn't tell that was an Indian guy. That was not an Indian guy. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of hurt, Chris. Wait, that you're. Who are we talking about now? Now I'm confused. You were no, I mean that Steven. like he's. Oh, <laughs> God damn it! I hate, I hate all of you. <laughs> this is like the worst episode. That was that was very natural, oh. guys. That was. Good. I will see you all next week. <laughs> oh, sorry. So Demi Moore and her friends are having a dinner party. Miley Cyrus goes upstairs <laughs> with Gina Gershon's son, who they known they've known each other since childhood. And we get these kind of parallel back-and-forth conversations where Miley and her friend are talking about sex, and then the adults are talking about sex, and then Miley and her friend are smoking weed. But the parents smoke weed, too. And this scene was just intolerable. Yep. Yep. Uh, to me, more, you know, they're all talking about smoking pot, and there are different styles of parenting, and, you know, to me, more is... There are several points in the movie where she talks about Lola and how... Um, Lola being Miley Cyrus and how she's, you know, she's, oh, I don't know what's going on with her. She, I think she's kind of, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. She's so messed up. She's so rebellious. Even though, as far as teenage girls go, Miley Cyrus is really not the worst. Um, and they're all talking about parenting styles and they're all smoking pot. And they said, oh, do you know, do, does she know you smoke pot? Does she smoke pot? Oh, no, she doesn't smoke pot. And she doesn't know I smoke pot. Even though this whole group of parents is smoking pot in the middle of this swanky apartment in chicago that uh miley cyrus's family lives in and somehow pot smoke doesn't travel and none of her three children decide to like walk into the living room slash kitchen whatever area they're in like some common room that they're all sitting smoking pot in they're not trying to hide it so i don't know how her kid wouldn't have picked up on it especially because her kid picked up on the fact that she's having a secret affair with her um, dad. So, well, the parents are just assuming that you know. Oh, we we sent Miley and the kid upstairs. They're clearly just fucking now. We've got a good six minutes to finish this. No, split they before they, come they back don't down. do that. They this, don't have sex, Chris. They don't smoke and they don't have sex. In keeping with the tradition of our podcast, this is a very ironic scene. Well, because think about it. The entire time they're talking about how like their children don't smoke pot and like they're not you know doing anything, and meanwhile, at the same time. They're upstairs smoking pot. It's more or less the definition of dramatic irony. Well, yeah, the the cuts between the two are supposed to serve as a punchline, but yeah. it's not funny. It's no, not. I'm, I'm not saying it was. It just and so Miley and her friend are upstairs, and she says, "I want you to have sex with me." She says that to her friend. I guess she needs to get over. Well, the no boyfriend the, thing. The reason why she does it, and this is sound logic, everyone. So pay attention. Is because, so when her boyfriend, you know, uh, broke up with her, he said, oh, hey, I was doing this summer camp thing and it was all right, but um, I had sex with some other girl. Are we cool? And she said, oh, yeah, because I had sex with some other guy. And then he, and then they break up. So she has to prove that she's not like a virgin anymore. She has to have sex so that it wasn't a lie so that. 
no one knows she's you know still super pure oh, i didn't pick up on that That's yeah why we have a lady that. on the podcast well because she problems. then <laughs> exactly this is this is how i solve most of my problems i just find someone to try to sleep or I try to find someone to sleep with me so that no one knows that i'm lying about my sex life or something this, i don't know this was the, um, moment the movie shattered my suspense suspension of disbelief because he says no well, and then, he, yeah, because he respects her too much, which is hilarious. Said <laughs> no teenage funny. boy ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and then she also said, so he, in the beginning of the movie, um, there is a nice, you know, there's Miley Cyrus walking in with her friends, and there's a nice uh, voiceover of Miley letting you know what the scoop is. She goes through all her friends like, oh, we're the cool kids. We're walking in slow motion because we're hot. JK, it's because we're awesome and we don't care about anything. And oh, you're like, is, oh, yeah, this it is somehow managed to be a worse voiceover than the opening of Bounty Hunters. Yeah, and you're like, oh, wait, this is going to be great. That's and then one thing, um, I'm going to give that to the movie is that it managed to not be shitty and self aware the entire time. It showed yeah. a little self restraint after that horrible opening voiceover. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. But, and she says, um, you know, she talks about her friend Kyle. So her boyfriend was Chad in the beginning of the movie. And Kyle was her, is her, at this point in the movie, her best friend, her best guy friend. They're just so close and he gets her. And what they have is real and solid and awesome. And he's just her best friend ever. And so the guy she asks to sleep with her says, oh, well, why don't you ask Mr. Kyle to have sex with you and she said because then he would know that i didn't have sex with someone else and everyone would know i was lying so this is her motivation for trying to lose her virginity context clues, everybody i mean but except that that's the whole reason she broke up with the boyfriend yeah and is it a guarantee that he even had sex like was he just playing her for her to double play him to play herself i don't know you know I, what maybe that maybe that was what happened because he was still pretty douchey about it later. He was yeah. terrible. He was actually yeah. awful. And yeah. it, the movie was a little weird in showing like how aggressively mean this guy could be. Yeah, and then he oh, undeservedly, no. jumping oh, ahead a little bit, oh. he undeservedly gets a happy ending at the end. It's true. But, I mean, everyone kind of mellows out by the end of it because... This Everybody forgets good... everything by the end of it. It's like <laughs> everyone's too high by the end of it. Yeah, it's all that pot smoking. Well, following that, we we see some more of Demi Moore's love life, where she really can't. She's trying to keep this no strings attached relationship with her ex husband. Uh, it's not working, but then she meets a police officer. Well, and it's not. It's only not working because she's getting jealous. Right. Exactly. It that even oh, though yeah, they're sure. broken up. Blame it on ex- the chick, guys. Blame it on the chick. Hey, yeah, real I, nice. well, you, I you will can't have an exclusive Wait, we're all we're all crazy? No, because then he says, Oh, I'm not sleeping with other people. We are together, aren't we? And then she says, I don't know, are we? And then he does the typical guy thing, typical guys, where he's like uh, I'm gonna avoid the question instead of answer it. What do you mean? Other girls, it's I don't know. She <laughs> called her a bimbo. They are ex-husband and wife. Exclusivity is out the window when you add an ex to the start of your relationship. Yeah, there's there's yeah, only room for one. I was kidding. Okay, I was kidding. Anyway, anyway, as long as he keeps paying child support, fuck it. <laughs> no, but then yeah, they do get into that little squabble though, where she like tell me about all the other girls you're having sex with, and then he pulls the I don't know what you're talking about. 
I mean, we're together, aren't we? And that's the kind of one of the infuriating things about it is that there's so many times where Demi Moore is talking about being a liberated woman and how she wants her daughter to grow up to be a liberated woman. And then they both fall into like these really bad stereotypes of what being a girl and a woman actually is. <laughs> so I don't really know where we were going with this. Well, but. I mean, a lot of us, the biggest problem with this movie is that there's no real clear idea of who this was supposed to be marketed towards. Yeah. Nobody. I think the movie invites you to ask deeper questions where it's like, why would I even care? Like what way is to me more trying to raise Miley Cyrus? Like what is the relationship between father and son when the son has a music career that the father doesn't understand and he doesn't understand what he's really like to be him. It's like, who cares? Like, that's the problem is like, they, they try to like get you into it, I think. And it's just like, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't reward you for thinking deeper than this is just a teen movie. This movie does not warrant deep thought in any nope. way. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And I think, I feel like it's asking for it though. Okay, but, but can, like, did anybody. The pot smoking and it shows like. But did anybody ever look at the title of a movie called LOL and think, man, this is going to be thought provoking? I mean, I just, I think when you set yourself up with an acronym from the internet, you're just kind of doomed to failure. Totally agreed, but I don't know why the movie is trying so hard to bring us to somewhere that we don't want to go. Well, Rob, you you mentioned the kind of side plot for Kyle, where his dad doesn't want him to do the music thing. Let's briefly talk about the two side plots that the, the two of the friends, the only friends that matter, have. And that's Emily's side plot with the teacher and Kyle's side plot with his music. We don't really have a lot to do with school here. I mean, I, as we've touched earlier, these kids just go to school in order to hang out with each other. They don't actually have to go to class, as, as this movie would show. But the only times they do go to class are for two reasons, either to flirt with your teacher or to get bad grades. Yeah, that's basically it. The best friend wants to bang her teacher, and the the best friend guy wants to bang Miley Cyrus, and he writes songs about it that she doesn't understand. And the dad certainly doesn't understand. Straight out of like a twisted sister, like "What are you gonna do with your life?" kind of video, because his grades are bad. They all get report cards, and the grades are shit. Yeah, he, he wants them to give up his music career and focus on uh, on school. On school. Yeah. Which focus on school because out. nobody who ever sang stupid emo pop ever got rich and famous. I mean, nobody. Well, it's, nope. From a parent's perspective, it's kind of reasonable. Like, look, yeah, you, you make music with your friends in a garage, and I know that you're playing the, the big show at the hottest venue in town, but Provided how many people... The and you use, the, you use the phrase, make it, unironically, but, like, look, maybe you should go to college. How many people actually make money off music? Yeah. And the whole love sequence between him and Miley... Yeah, we get a montage of them kind of platonically flirting with each other. Yeah. And that goes on for about five minutes. And D, you loved the soundtrack to this movie, didn't you? I think it's the point where you said you were going to buy it. I think this is, again, going with trends in these these movies. This is when my notes turn into capital letters. The song that's playing throughout this entire falling in love scene is uh, Keen's Somewhere Only We Know. And... 
I like this song quite a bit. It's actually probably one of my favorite songs, and I can't listen to it anymore thanks to this movie. <laughs> this, this, this movie, well, not really, but this movie has ruined this song for me. Yeah, it was... They play it twice. I'm sorry. They, they play do, it no, twice. They do yeah. play it twice. They play it at the end of the movie to wrap it all up. Yeah, once was right. once was bad enough. Two was, uh, two was gratuitous. Just really they, turning the screw on you. Yeah. yeah they're trying to force a theme by playing a, a song, you know? They're doing a theme through music. They should have just kept on playing Kyle's band songs throughout the entire movie. How'd that should have like, been the entire soundtrack. How'd you guys like that band or that really that song? Very heartfelt and very emotional. And I thought it really said something that I've never heard in song before. Like I've never heard a man professing his love for somebody through a song that, you know, like maybe she'd never seen him before standing right in front of her. Like, I don't anybody? think we can be friends anymore. <laughs> I'm just, I'm glad that this band of high school kids can produce slick, overproduced pop. Yeah, oh, that's garage. true. It was, yeah. it was very, I, you know what? I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Good job, Chris. Way to know music. Well, that was, I was talking to Chris about this while we were watching the movie. That was one thing I liked about uh, Scott Pilgrim that this movie failed at, was that the, the band in that movie actually sounded like a shitty garage band. Whereas in this movie, it sounds like a, a high production band. That was looped over, you know, them lip syncing into the microphone in the middle of this movie. Let's not let's not compare these those two. No, movies. no, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm doing a disservice to Scott Pilgrim right now, but that that was more or less what I was thinking. They do have the Twilight connection, though. Yeah, they both have uh, shitty secondary characters who were in Twilight. That is true. So what else happens in this movie? Um, where the hell are we? Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus wants to go on a school trip to Paris, but Demi Moore doesn't know if she wants to let her go. And then Demi Moore decides she's definitely not going to let her go. When well, wait, she wait, goes, wait, we're right. missing a whole bunch of stuff. We I don't think we really are. We're missing okay. the, the cop angle. We talked about that. No, we, no we haven't. We have not talked about the guy who gets murdered in the first Hostel movie, Jay Hernandez. Uh, that's where you guys all know him from. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did. I mentioned I mentioned the cop, and you guys just seem to gloss over it, as does really? the movie. Okay. Well, we also we also have to get into the complication of why Miley Cyrus and Kyle can't be together at first is because her terrible ex boyfriend Chad is best friends with Kyle, and Kyle's like, "Oh, I can't do that to my friend." And then Chad, who you know, even though he possibly cheated on her possibly is just playing a mind game with miley cyrus is still very intent on uh making her life kind of miserable for them being broken up he calls her a hoe and it's not very nice he does he calls her a hoe quite a bit because she said she slept with someone else but because you know because it's a chick and she did it she's a slut and she's a hoe and so every time he sees her he calls her a hoe and but then there's a fight that breaks out where he Chad, you know, he pushes Miley too far and then he calls her a hoe or a skank in the hallway and she slams him up against the wall and is ready to kick his ass and Kyle has to break them apart and they all get in trouble for it. And that is pretty much where this whole... No, that's not even why she doesn't... She gets in trouble for her parish. She just gets... Yelled at. That, that's yeah. actually when Demi Moore's character meets the uh, the cop. Yes, she's and coming down... We were talking about before how... Um, how they were trying to establish a bond between Miley Cyrus and her mother in this movie. And this is where you actually see that they don't know anything really 
about each other or don't really openly communicate all that much about anything because Miley Cyrus basically was like, Mom, you don't understand why I did it. And then has to come clean about the fact that she is not dating her boyfriend anymore and that she's getting called a skank and a slut and she was just defending herself. And then... um, Actually, you know, I I don't want to say it was reasonable, but I think it was... Justifiable. Under Yeah, understandable on her mother's part for being like, okay, I mean, clearly not the way to handle it in a school setting, but you're right, that guy's an asshole, and he had it coming to maybe get hit a little bit. One point for progressive parenting. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then she goes on uh, Demi Moore, even though she's met this police officer and they, they've dated a couple times, she goes on a vacation or a weekend trip with Thomas Jane. Oh, yeah. Which okay. is when Miley Cyrus throws a party, which Come nothing on. really happens at. Or Well, there's a lot of drinking going on. There's some joint smoking and there's some grandma drugging. <laughs> so grandma okay, we yeah. can't okay. just say that. Grandma. We meet Demi Moore's mother, and we realize that this is a whole generation, generation after generation of shit. Oh, yeah. People. Molly Cyrus is the cool girl who has the cool mom who has the cool grandma. I mean, it just goes back and back and back. And cool grandma, you know, is going to let Miley say over, oh, she can only have three friends. And then Miley's like, I want Chinese food. And she's like, you're going to get that Chinese food because I'm cool grandma. That was another really annoying point of this movie is that, you know, Miley Cyrus, not that she, well, not that she really acts at all in this movie, um, but she doesn't act super, uh, what's the word for it? She doesn't act like super tortured or angsty, but even the time she does, it's kind of, it's obnoxious because I'm like, you have all these strong, supportive women around you who, okay, granted, they don't always make the best choices, but at the same time, they're not super controlling and they aren't judging you for all the choices you make. And every time you come clean with them and are honest, they're like, oh, no, we understand and we're on your side and we've got your back and yet... Your life is still hard somehow. Mom's going away for the secret rendezvous with the ex-dad, or, I mean, I guess he's always the dad, but the ex-husband. It leaves Miley a great chance to have a party with all of her bestest friends that we already seen hanging outside of that school. And and her, by the way, her grandmother's played by Marlo, uh, Marlo Thomas, who was that girl, which is a show that happened before any of us were born. Um, uh, we're really getting ago. dated with these references. Yeah, we really are getting dated. But I, think, I don't feel so I think bad it's anymore. Important because she is a comedian, and she's been doing it for a very long time. And she's actually the most enjoyable part of this whole movie. I thought, at least, I liked her the most, the grandmother character. So there's that. One thing that does happen at this party is it the, it's the first time that Lola and Kyle hook up, and they come a cock's length from having sex, but decide <laughs> to dial it back. And laugh the whole night with each other instead. As Kyle hopes she's not laughing at him, but with him. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, we didn't talk about the drugging. Oh, well. So we see that grandma's down to have a good time. I mean, she's willing to order Chinese food, pizza. Like, she's she's ready for whatever. It's not going to just be three friends like mom thinks. It's going to be all her (laughs) friends because grandma's in control. So all the friends come over. They're just smoking weed and just dancing on tables because that's what every high school party I went to was like, of course. 
Yep. Lots of people humping on each other and drinking. And but early on, Grandma wants like I think a Jack and Coke maybe or some kind of rum and Coke. A scotch. A scotch. Scotch and and Coke. Coke. She wants scotch. So like she's totally cool with having like these seventeen year old juniors of high school like pour her scotch. And she's like, nothing could go wrong if I accidentally pass out. But we learn in some like side scenes that these kids are very much ready to have her pass out. And I don't know if they roofie her or just make her strong drinks or what, but it's about as convincing as Jeffrey Tambor drunk on a belly full of wine and teaching Mrs. Tingle. This, this lady acts like alcohol, like knocks her the fuck out, and she's just done for the night. And uh, unless the kids have a crazy party. Yeah. Where they smoke joints and have condoms. There's a whole There's box of Trojan there. condoms on the floor, which I don't understand that whole thing oh, in a party, but okay. These rebellious teens these days. Demi Moore returns home early because she had a fight with her ex-husband. Who'd have thunk it? Hi, kids. home early. And she discovers the aftermath of the party, including joints and alcohol and condoms. <laughs> um... <laughs> I really just want, I know it doesn't work here, but I just want someone to say Chekhov's condoms because we haven't had No, it does. It does. It does. It does. Yeah, it does. It does. It does work. Yes. Chekhov's condoms. Because those condoms will return at the end of the movie. It should be a brand. Chekhov's condoms. When you want to make love like they do in old country. Uh, if you see it on the wall in the third act, you have to go off in it in the fifth act. <laughs> oh god drunk on the couch is birth control <laughs> I'm surprised drunk grandma didn't try to get it on with like Chad maybe you know who knows that would have been the ultimate revenge you're making my granddaughter I'm gonna fuck you and I'm her grandma I mean, well, Chad wasn't at the party he wasn't because he wasn't invited because that's her ex well he's a jerk but I'm just saying if he crashed it because apparently a lot of people did a lot of people crashed the party I think that was just her excuse. She was well, trying to I, use that as an excuse. I believe her. She was no. very convincing. That's true. <laughs> She's got great acting chops. She really does. Well, Lola, uh, of course, is grounded. And Demi Moore seems to be taking back the idea that she can go on this trip to Paris with all of her friends. And then school has a presentation about the dangers of marijuana. And... Huh? Demi Moore forces Lola to go to it. Can we talk a bit about this? Because this is some serious, like, reaper well, madness shit. The first thing, before we get into the content of it, it seemed like this was a school assembly because it said mandatory attendance required. Mm-hmm. But, like, all of the parents were there, too. Yeah. What? And it, I guess it was after school. This was a weird thing. Like, what is even think, going on here? I think I, it was... I don't know. Yeah, maybe all the parents just took off. They're like, oh, sorry, boss. I have to not be in work today because I have to go to a seminar about pot with my child. I have to learn about the dangers of marijuana, which I definitely don't smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, Dee, talk about about the dare science that... uh, Well, they they show images of THC flowing through a mock-up of a brain, and it I couldn't even really understand what the point of that was or what was really going on because it it just briefly touched on it. But you see a photo of, of like three photos of a brain, 
and there's like red stuff going uh, through the brain that's supposed to be THC. And of course, because it's red stuff, it's got to be bad. And that that's pretty much the long and short of it. That's the part of the dumbest thing about that lecture is that there's nothing to it. Oh, well, there is this slide that compares THC use with schizophrenia. Is there? Oh, oh that's there right. Is. Yes, there is. I forgot about that. So after the, the uh, assembly, Miley Cyrus goes into the, the women's room and sees a bag under the stall and puts it together in her head that this is Kyle and Ashley oh. Green having post-it sex note. in the bathroom stall. Yeah, they call her the post-it note because she because sticks to she, everything. Yeah, she clings to every does. guy that she is with at the time. Um, and again, another thing that we forgot to mention because most of this movie is forgettable and unimportant. Her best friend, the the not Blake Lively, the fake Lively, as Rob referred to her before. Yeah. Has the exact same purse as the post-it note. So she sees the purse, and I had totally forgotten about this plot twist by the time this rolled around because, again, it was not something that was made that clear or important in the movie. Um, So she sees a purse under the door. She hears two people going at it in the bathroom stall and... Like you said, assume it is Ashley Green and Kyle. Whenever you are mad at a guy, never tell him why you're mad at him. Just say, oh, we're broken up, and then storm away from him and never talk to him again. It's because he should know. Because that is the most mature way to handle a um, possible being cheated on and or thing that, you know, rather than talk through a relationship, just assume the worst and go with that assumption. It's a safe bet. And also... (laughs) Don't take his phone calls and unfriend him on not Facebook. Yeah. No, it was Facebook. Was it actually Facebook? I, it has to be because, and and that's another thing. I think it like, was like not. I think it was like fake block. I don't it? think it was real Facebook. <laughs> well, that was, that was actually that was one thing that I, that I laughed so hard about with the the IMs going back and forth between these characters. Like, that that looked like it was AIM from nineteen ninety five, from nineteen ninety nine. But it was see through. Yes, it was see-through. And that was the only indication we had that it was 2013. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was made in 2012. I mean, well, they were a okay. little antiquated uh, back then. <laughs> but still. <laughs> it, it looked horrible. <laughs> There's no reason it should have looked like that. But we find out that it was actually fake Lively and fake Michael Sarah in a hilarious twist. The hot yeah. girl is hooking Wait, up with the forgot. nerd. Wait, you we guys, forgot the best scene in the movie. We forgot the best scene in the movie, which happened so much earlier. Oh, oh God. Um, so Fake Lively is on her her computer. She's basically yeah, it's basically chat, chat roulette, roulette, but not chat roulette. Yeah, um, well, at and- this point in the movie, we know that you know Fake Michael Sarah has the hots for her big time because he keeps oh, yeah. coming on to her in the courtyard, and she's like, "Get away from me, gross! You look like Michael Sarah." Go back to Arrested Development, you bluff-looking motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. I I don't think she says all of that, maybe, but, you know, that's the gist. That's the intent behind her words. That's what we were getting at by looking at her her angry face. And, like, all the teen girls in this movie, um, 
she is trying to get herself sexually ready because you know she's gonna she has decided that she is gonna take down this teacher her trig teacher that she is the hot <laughs> she is for. ready to send him to jail for at least 15 years exactly she's she's ready to make the moves on him but before she can do that she has to make sure she's not too much of a virgin for him so she's trying to sex it up as hard as she can you know like Get yeah, knocked on chat roulette. I know. Exactly. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't think there was anything sexy about this. I think she was just trolling chat roulette. I will, but I mean, she says later on that she, the only reason she did, she, the only reason she slept with Michael Sarah in the bathroom at first was so that she could basically knock the dust off of it and be ready for the teacher. <laughs> the dust off. <laughs> yep. There you That's- go. That's my new almost, favorite phrase. Almost as good as weddies. Um, anyway, so she's trolling chat relay as you, as the hot blonde, and she meets this guy, but uh, all she can see of him is his neck down to his like belly button. He's wearing this goofy t-shirt, and she is starting to get sexy with it and you see you see the cam slide down to a weird place and you can see this weird this awkward little screen on her side of the computer where it looks like something being forced into an orifice and you're like ew is she really doing that because it's gross no guys don't worry she's only using a raw chicken that her mother is looking for to cook dinner with which she is just way shoved worse. the camera in it because everyone knows that the inside of raw chickens looks just like the inside of a vagina. I mean, and- as far as a 17-year-old in high school knows, as far <laughs> yeah. as Michael Sarah's clone knows, he's inside of a full-fledged woman right now, and he's loving it. Yeah, when oh. I was when I was sixteen, I thought a vagina looked like the Sarlacc from Return of the Jedi. So, <laughs> okay, wait. I have a question. Is that is that sexy to guys like to think about the, the inside of a no? No. The answer is no. no. To think about what the inside of a vagina looks like. Do you ever go, oh, baby, you're making me so hot by letting me see the inside of your vagina right now? Like, no, I don't know many guys who really want that view. I don't don't think anyone really does, but she gives it. I don't even want to know what's going on in there. I don't expect that anyone I'm with would want to know what's going on in there either. It was more of a medical point of view. It was. She was... She was getting a free clinical exam. It's like Anyways. watching the miracle of life. <laughs> it's true. So she sees this goofy t-shirt on the Michael Sarah character at the party, and she realizes, she holy realized, crap. She realized she watched him. Vagina. I she this. watched him jerk off to a chicken on chat roulette. That's what she realizes. <laughs> and he, must, he must have a huge penis, because this is the thing that makes her fall in love with him. Yeah. yeah. Well, because she says to him at the party, like, does anyone else have that shirt? Is that like a vintage shirt? Is di- Where did you get that shirt? Yeah. Because she, she's like, oh, God, I can't be you. I can't have showed my poultry orifice to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She didn't actually show him anything real, but she's horrified. Chicken coop. That's why I think she must have watched him jerk off. Her chicken coop. Oh god, that was good. Her chick. I'm. You know. I think that should be the new term for it. Her chicken coop. <sighs> she let that fox into her chicken coop, and then it turned out it was when all along. I um, like this movie. <laughs> yes, you probably should. Oh, also unsanitary 
Well, I guess her mom didn't know there was a... So gross. So gross that they eat that chicken for dinner. And can we talk about the fact that she plants the chicken on her younger brother, like playing Xbox, just like puts it in his bedroom, and the mom finds it, and she's like, oh, Skyler. I I don't know his name. I'm just assuming it's something like Skyler. Skyler, I can't believe you took my chicken for dinner. It's like, what did the mom think he was doing with it? If the daughter is using it as his fake vagina, how does she know her son's not using it as a fake vagina? There were some awkward conversations over dinner after. <laughs> oh, the chicken. Why does the, why and the does chicken, chicken have lipstick all over it? <laughs> okay. I why is this chicken cream filled? If we see a chicken flashlight on the market in the near future, like, oh, the flashlight you can cook when you're done with it. I'm going to be so gross. This movie. Hunter, this why movie does is this chicken is for that? Hunter, why does this chicken smell like your sister's perfume? Ew, gross. <laughs> okay. This is just devolving quickly, quickly into chicken vagina. <laughs> it was bound to happen. Wait, it was, it was foul. Uh, Technically, I think we have to use the word cloaca since that's all chickens have. But cloaca is even less sexy than saying chicken coop. So your 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 degree in zoology is relevant to this podcast. It is. Also, I want to let everyone out. Another fun fact is that cloaca means sewer. (laughs) So we're talking about her sewer. Ham dropping knowledge bombs on this podcast. There you go. It's the one hole. The one hole, everybody. Anyway, so chickens, chicken vaginas, we gotten this all out of the way. Let's get back to the point we were at before we we slide any further into this. Into this <laughs> chicken orifice. <laughs> we're done. We're done. And we'll see you next week, everybody. That's LOL. Um... Right, so we are drugs, schizophrenia, cop. Uh. Well, the next time that the cop and Demi Moore go on a date, he basically says, let your daughter be a 17-year-old girl. And this advice from this cop who doesn't know how weed works and they've known each other for two dates is what and decides... And who has a tribal armband. And he does that. have a tribal armband. This yes. is the thing that makes Demi Moore decide that Lola can go to Paris. Yes. And they Hooray! do. Hooray! Paris. Um, and we meet all of the French exchange families that yeah. the children are paired off with. What is this trip? I, I it's don't that know. France it's is weird. Only there, like, it yeah, seems it like they're looks- only there for like a week, but they, w- they have exchange families? Like, but I guess, the school but couldn't I guess- just arrange a hotel? I guess, you know, rather than pay for a hostel for each one of them, it was cheaper to have exchange. I don't know. I don't know how that worked. I, Actually, no. Yeah, because it seemed like it was only about a week that this happened. Yeah. Back to the the plot of Miley Cyrus and this guy. So, her friend finally comes clean to her after, I don't know, a, a couple months of, I don't. I couldn't tell if it was like supposed to be months or supposed to be days or weeks of them being broken up. I wasn't really sure. All you're supposed to get is that Miley Cyrus is really broken up about this. Like even more so than she was with Chad. This is really just tearing her life apart that she can't be with this guy who cheated on her or whatever. She has time to try to go find another guy to make him jealous with. There's there's no real scope on the timeline here. But anyway, 
So her friend finally comes clean and goes, oh, that wasn't that chick and your boyfriend having sex in the bathroom. It was me and... Um, it was me and Michael Sarah having sex in the bathroom. I'm sorry. Oh, well, no, she doesn't say that. She says, it was me and someone else having sex in the bathroom. I couldn't tell you. And Miley Cyrus is pissed off. How could her best friend do this to her? She and Kyle broke up because of this. This is a pretty big deal. And um, then she tries to text Kyle to be like, I'm so sorry. I realize now that I've been the asshole this whole time, which she probably should have known. Um, and he can't answer her because his dad has put him on lockdown for having bad grades. And destroyed and, his guitar. And destroyed his guitar. And what we here at the Netflix Martyrs are split decisions on, on whether that was the most irrational thing that a parent did in this movie or not, but whatever. To me it is, but, you know, I, I don't know. There are probably things that I don't think are irrational in this movie that probably seem really weird to other people or there might be families out there who do shower with their mothers still and i called that weird before and i'm sorry about that but it is weird you're all creeps (laughs) well the other the other weird parent you know child interaction was um fake lively's mother in the scene where they're packing for paris where she flips out because there's like condoms or something in the uh no there's thongs there's thongs and sexy underwear which what does she say good girls don't yeah, Where, she, like, she went full yeah. like Carrie's mom. No in, more in wire those. hangers. Yeah, yeah. She, she did lay that down pretty hard. Like you are a slut if you wear this underwear. And she said, if I find one more pair of them, you're not going to Paris. Of course, there is that one last pair of them that her mom doesn't see that she tucks into the the back pocket because she's sneaky. Where was I going with this? What was I talking about? I don't even remember. Where are you going Just, with this? We're kind of letting you I don't know. Oh, um, right. So they're on the plane going to Paris, and apparently all Kyle ever had to do, because he couldn't talk to her in school this whole time and be like, hey, my dad took my cell phone. Sorry, have you been trying to contact me? Or she couldn't go up to be him and be like, hey, I realize I made a horrible mistake. Why haven't you been answering my texts and figured this whole thing out? No, he just has to... She's sitting next to Blake Lively, fake Lively, and... um the blonde is like, why are you still mad at me? And Miley says, because I would never do something like that to you, you bitch. But she doesn't say bitch. Um, And Blake Lively, fake Lively, gets up, goes to the bathroom, and then Kyle moves into her seat, and he kisses Miley Cyrus's shoulder, and all is forgiven with the world. Because everyone knows that true love can't be held back by allegations of cheating. The end. (laughs) Now let's talk France real quick. This quickly Let's. becomes a series of French jokes, like escargot, funny accents, Joan of Arc, for some reason. Yeah, that's... What, I did like that one. Do you think that the French version, because in the French version, they apparently go to London, do you think that was all like tea and crumpets? Oh, I'm, I'm sure the there was trolley. at least one, I'm sure there was at least one, like, Buckingham so. Palace guards joke. Like, cause that sounds right. Yeah, there has oh, to yeah, be. definitely. There has to be. There's probably one joke about the London Eye. There's probably one joke about, like, I don't know, London bodies. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Bangers and mash. Tea and crumpets. Yes. Uh, that was good. All right, but, I but, want you to write all my British jokes for me from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this movie has really thrown us off. We are just... 
We would rather talk about anything than this Chicken movie. Chicken fisting is actually what threw us <laughs> off. <laughs> but no, there's a part. There's a part in this movie that is genuinely worth talking about for all of the wrong reasons. Is that the the token black character and oh, yeah. I believe Chad. I think it's yeah. Chad. Yeah, no, no, Kyle? it's Kyle. It's Kyle. It's Kyle. They oh, get right, paired right. up with this family who has a daughter with Down syndrome. And this is played for laughs several times in the couple of scenes that we see them. And I started kind of getting weirded out at this point. It was really... Uncomfortable. Yeah. It really, really... Just just the worst kind of humor. And for as shitty as this movie had been, it hadn't fallen to that really base level yet. And it was really scraping the bottom at this point. It was just weird. It wasn't funny. It was a little creepy. Yeah, and there was that there was that uncomfortable moment where most of the main characters are hooking up or having sex or have found a way to sneak into their host family's house to have sex with their significant other and the two characters are left there and you you have that feeling like are they are they really going to do this? Like is this going to happen? And then Also, isn't there a scene where Kyle pretends that Miley is his cousin? He well, does. His, his she, she's very dangerous cousins. I mean, it was very dangerous cousins for me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, w- between the Down syndrome thing and the deaf mute gag, um, like, way to go, movie. We've had sexist movies here, we've had racist movies, and now we've got an ableist movie. So Yeah. It's yeah. like, she can sleep in my bed because she's my cousin who can't speak or talk or hear you. So she's going to bed with me. Let's go. I didn't really understand how she was also, yeah, because he's playing the whole fact that she's a deaf mute and she's like nodding along to everything he's saying, which I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, he's clearly not signing anything. So how yeah. does she know what he's talking about? She it's must a be a really thing. good side lip reader because he's not even looking at her. Well, and, and Kyle and Lola finally have sex. Their big romantic first time is in a stranger's guest room in Paris. Well, in 20 minutes away from Paris. Right, they're not actually in Paris. They're in like yep. a, a tiny hamlet 20 minutes from Paris. And Where that's actually the last thing I remember about this movie. <laughs> and then D tapped out. Oh, I was present for the entire rest of this movie. I just don't remember any of it. You mentally tapped out. Yes. Well, there's not... The, the, movie, the movie quickly kind of... Was there of... a montage? There was there was another unnecessary montage. Yes, That's the last thing big, I remember. There was a Paris montage. There was a look at all the kids having fun in Paris, dancing in fountains, and looking at guitars and kissing under bridges or something. I don't know. It was dumb. All those dumb. It was just basically another way to. We were talking about how this is one of those movies where you look down at the clock. And you're like, oh, God, it's only been an hour. How much le- is left of this? It feels like it's been going on for 30 years of your life. And this montage just helps to make more time of, y- of your existence that is wasted. And then the last 20 minutes kind of flies by. She gets back from Paris and they're sure. together. And at some point, you know, we get some montage of their relationship. And then Demi Moore is looking for her sweater which Miley Cyrus borrowed, and she's digging under her bed and finds her diary. And the diary falls out of, I guess, her backpack or something, right onto, as you said, Pam, Chekhov's condoms. She <laughs> she saves the condom wrapper that they used for their first time. That's kind of uh, creepy. What? Well, no. Yeah. 
That's yeah. sweet. What? That's, that's sweet. That's, I mean, that's Kirsten Dunst making a playlist for across the country level of sweetness. Oh, I see. Ah, so wear, kill you and wear your skin sweet. Yes. yes. Isn't that how most teenage love is? <laughs> if this really podcast has taught me anything, the answer to that is yes. Yes, it is. It's exactly what it is. Um, I mean, that's why Twilight's so successful. Uh, anyway. And she finds all the gross artifacts of her daughter's giving up her virginity in France, and she doesn't know what to do. And I believe she's seeing a therapist at this point in time, and the therapist determines that the best thing would be for mom to talk to Miley about this. So they do. And uh, their relationship should have been good enough that they could just withstand anything, but... Okay, well, there is a distinct difference. They can't. No, there's a distinct difference. I'm not saying the way it was handled was right, but I do understand the idea that if your privacy is invaded, whether it's by your parents or not, I understand getting upset about it. To the I mean, yeah, totally. But in this case, it shows that they weren't really as close as being naked in the bathtub would suggest. <laughs> and the argument quickly devolves within the course of literally like 25 seconds. Yeah. Um, Lola calls Demi Moore a bitch, to which she then slaps her. Which, then- again, was rightful because... If you get call your mother a bitch, you probably should get smacked in the face. Entirely justified. Um, and then you should is. probably pack up all your stuff and go move in with the Punisher. Yes. <laughs> that is also the correct response on the slapped person's part. Um, and then it's, it's resolved very quickly. We get this tearful, quote-unquote tearful, like three minutes of them ignoring each other's calls and texts and emails. And then... They just both decide one day to stop fighting. And that's literally the end of the movie. Well, uh, not quite, because we have another really, really terrible... Oh, right. That uh, happens in between. Oh, hey. At this point, I think I called the end of the movie. You called the end of the movie. Well, we all called different parts of the end of the movie, like four seconds into the movie. Yeah. I did kind of see this one coming where it's so the dad from Kyle's dad, you know, Mr. There will be no music allowed. We hate fun and creative expression in this household and screw you ship up or wait, no shape up or ship out. Um, An extra from the footloose cast. Exactly. (laughs) He finds a battle of the bands poster left on um, his son's bed uh, you know, a very pointed clue to where his son will be and dad, you should come out. You should really see this. Um, and so Kyle gets up on the stage and he starts playing that song that made, gave, uh, gave Miley Cyrus her first wedding. Uh, Chris can explain that to you at home later because I had to <laughs> explain to me. Apparently his dad walks in to go kick his son's ass to break another guitar possibly over his head but when his dad enters and hears his elf-like son's beautiful voice raining down upon him he realizes he's been wrong all along and that his son does have talent he's he's got what it takes to make it in the world and then he waves to him from the stage and the scene isn't quite as touching as the one from vibrations where father and son share that look 
across the stage from each other, but um, it's pretty good. It's up there in the in the rank of cinematic father son moments. And immediately when the song is over, they announce that this band, who is called No Shampoo, <laughs> who should immediately be disqualified just for their band name, <laughs> has won the big record contract. Immediately, literally when the song ends, they then say it. No deliberation. It's like, who'd have thought maybe the record company just decided this by image, but that would never actually happen in real life, <laughs> would it? Well, also, no other band could have won the crowd over as much as they did. I mean, they repaired a father and son bond that had had trouble throughout the whole movie in the course of a song, so they deserve to win, I think. No other band paid the entry fee to be uh, <laughs> to, to try to get a contract with Nigerian Prince Records. <laughs> the end of the movie. Everyone who is single at the start has paired off. Fake Lively and fake Michael Sarah. Um... The, the oh, token hey, characters wait. stay together, and, and, the, and the villain character has somehow repaired a relationship with everybody else by the end. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Chad calls Ashley Green a hoe uh, as a well, hoe. and then Lola's like, "Why you gotta call everyone a hoe?" And they like have like a, a lady bonding moment, and they that's do. the end of that conflict. Yeah, everyone is happy and moved on in their life, and everyone gets a, as as Lola puts it in the end of the movie. She's like. My mom and I have agreed to let each other grow up. Teehee. And that's how it gets summed up. That they both allow each other to go live their own lives. As mothers and daughters always should. And that's the end of the movie. And hopefully Miley Cyrus' acting career. (laughs) No, because she did the last song after this, didn't she? Or was it before this? Did she? I thought it was... Do I have to look this up now? I have to look I'm this looking movie. it up. This right. movie was basically a race to the bottom at who I I hated more, Miley Cyrus and her friends or Demi Moore and her shitty group of people. Everyone yeah. in this movie sucked. Yeah. Nobody was likable. And we've said that about a couple no, of movies. The grandmother was really, the only likable part. I thought Thomas Jane's character was fine. Okay. I liked him and I liked yeah. the grandmother and that was the I only know. two. I, I didn't there. hate the teacher either. He was just kind of like caught in the middle of all. Oh, this. there there were a couple of good scenes with the teacher. Yeah, that 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 doesn't really have much bearing. It's a completely forgettable plot point, as you can see, because we forgot it up until now. But he basically just kind of screws with her. Oh, I'm sorry. Not, by the not way. in the illegal way. No. By yeah. the way, um, so undercover came out after this movie, and it stars stars Jeremy Piven and Miley Cyrus. And um, she is a tough-as-nails, street-smart private investigator drafted by the FBI to go undercover in a college sorority. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Wait, so it's basically basically like the chick version of of, uh, 21 Jump Street? Yeah. Yes. Wow. who, Who greenlit that? I don't know. But... Well, D is right. Her... Her movie career is basically over in anything that's not oh that's true oh kelly osborne was in it oh well then oh wow so must see yeah there's a stay tuned for you folks if that ends up on netflix (laughs) it's jeremy piven miley cyrus and uh kelly osborne that's awesome great cool i can't wait to review that oh wait and wait michael mike o'malley and i know i've seen him in stuff Michael Malley from uh, Guts? Yeah. Uh, Global yeah. Guts? 
Wow. Yeah, he's also in this as well. Throw in Ashley Simpson and you've got like a like the Mount Rushmore of like old Nickelodeon stars. <laughs> it's true. I guess her show was on MTV. I don't know. I don't remember. Whatever. Fuck this stupid movie. Any would anyone <laughs> would anyone recommend this piece of shit? Seriously? Uh, uh yeah, this I is think the point where we have to Netflix or not flix. Should this be added to the instant queue? Oh. No. 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 <laughs> Never yeah, I just feel like watch literally anything else. Like, Drink bleach instead. Watch Elizabeth Town instead of this movie. Watch Elizabeth no. Town and drink bleach instead. No, I will <laughs> disagree both with of those that. things. Gun to the head, I will take this over Elizabeth Town. Just because I... it's shorter. Yeah, okay, I guess I'll give you All that. Right, yeah, they both feel like an eternity, but in actuality, this one is shorter. And you will waste less of your life watching this movie. And less creep factor, and if you have to pick a Snaggletooth to watch... <laughs> I think that Miley Cyrus is probably the better choice than Kirsten Dunst's over-kitchiness. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Chris on this one, actually. <sighs> I've talked myself into it. All right, well, next week, we get to announce it. Next week's episode, we're going back to the YouTube. A Lifetime original movie from 2005. <sighs> Cyber Seduction, His Secret Life. A movie about porn addiction. Yes! And no, you can't just opt to watch porn instead, everybody. We actually have to watch this one. Oh, come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, no, our listeners can watch porn. We actually have yes. to watch this, though. Um, and if you do choose a porn, I hope you well, choose I, one I, that has chicken vaginas in it. <laughs> Given the typical way that I watch these movies, I do have to say it's going to be less uncomfortable watching this movie than porn with Chris. <laughs> you know, I hope our listeners actually just... I, I assume most of them are just jerking off while they're listening to this <laughs> it's the chicken it's always the chicken it's yeah, always if, the chicken if you didn't get a little sprung while listening to that discussion about chicken vaginas then i don't i don't know anymore i don't Just know what friend us i don't know what we can do to make you love us if that doesn't work we've tried everything you're tearing us apart listeners what other food item what other food vaginas do we have to talk about <laughs> It's, Jars it's, of mayonnaise? Is that what it takes for you people, you creeps? It's the best food fucking scene since American Pie. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> it is. All right, well, uh, I guess that's it for this week. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. This certainly was an episode. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, we went a half hour on fucking chickens and then an hour just grasping for straws. <laughs> well, teenagers you, piss me off. Once you and, get to the chicken fucking, it's pretty much a done. Okay, you're pretty and much again, done. If you're listening to this and you think that we've been going on for a long time, we've really trust us when we say that we've we've saved you time and probably given you more enjoyment than, than this movie ever would have. So, yeah. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, NetflixMartyrs at gmail dot com at NetflixMartyrs on Twitter. How's that going, Pam? I will be updating it uh, soon, I promise. I know I've been really bad about it, but I'm going to get great about it. If you guys have any suggestions for backgrounds still, because I think ours kind of sucks, and Chicken Vagina is a totally legit request, and I might might make that the background now that I think about it. But if you have any other ideas... um, You know what? Make us a logo. If you're our friend on Facebook, make us a logo, and I'll probably put it up there. That'd be awesome. Yeah, friend us on Facebook... Pass this podcast on to your friends. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. 
And that's it. Hopefully they unfriended got- us. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us if you like our stuff, too. We Hopefully. like it when we make you watch shitty movies, too. We like knowing we have that influence over all of you, and you little people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, want, we, we, uh, we have low self-esteem. Tell us you love us. <laughs> <laughs> and well, give us suggestions if you've seen a really bad movie and you think we should watch it, too. All right. Well, hopefully you've got lots of LOLs out of this podcast. Next week's episode, we're going sci-fi. We're going dystopia. We're going with Charlize Theron in Aeon Flux. Oh, fuck it. What? Have you seen that movie before? Yes. And I'm not not really looking forward to watching it again. Oh, I know it was an anime. I never saw the anime. I know I like looking at Charlize Theron, but I have not seen it. That'll be the one distraction from how bad this movie is, I think. Well, I, for one, have no background in in this movie, but uh, I I guess I'm looking forward to Charlize Theron in a bob cut. (laughs) In Jared Leto hair. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, we'll see you next week, folks, for uh, Aeon Flux. 30 seconds to Aeon Flux.
<laughs> I have now read the... Oh, hey, it's been that long. I have now read the first book of Twilight. <laughs> Congratulations? Uh, no. Why did, are you just... It's a... I'll explain later. It's part of Okay. Alright, okay. so... To me, wow, more Chris kind of... loves Gilmore Girls. You love the Twilight books. I didn't say I love it. Stop. Can I stop being the most manly on this show now, please? <laughs> That's true. Ed, Rob, and I both watched Seventh Heaven at one point. That's true. It's. I'm it's... familiar with Seventh Heaven. <laughs> let's, let's clarify. There's here. a difference. There's a difference. There's a distinct difference. 